This Game Source podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Gamer Protection Guild. The GPG is looking out for every gamer's needs. Find them on Facebook and like them. Gamer Protection Guild. Okay. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> what are you listening to? Okay, we're on episode 73, correct? Yes, you're on 73. Oh, I'm doing these so frequently now I actually remember, Gerald. Welcome, folks, to Game Source Podcast, episode 73. Um, just uh, before I introduce, uh, well, I guess we were supposed to have a mystery guest. However, unfortunately, a mystery guest. <laughs> so, we just have Gerald. <laughs> I have been called into emergency duty tonight for you listeners out there. Um, actually was with my children, as you can listen to. So I'm going to have to, uh, sorry, Lori Berkner, uh, cannot deal with you right now. Got to take care of our listeners. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Bye, Lori. <laughs> so for you, the listener out there, the sacrifices we make here at www.yourgamesource.com is awesome. And there's just nothing like it. It's June. It's time for E3. It's our, what is it? Our pre-Sony show. And tonight we're going to be doing Sony. I've been called into emergency action. I do want to give a shout out. Our original guest tonight, we're going to have a special guest. And also Bryce and Sarah. Also, as well, we're going to be a part of this podcast. But, Nick, I'll let you take it away. Well, uh, uh, they will unfortunately not be a part of the podcast this evening because, well, Call of Duty. So we want to uh, wish that everything goes okay with that and uh, wish our best and definitely keep you in our prayers. (laughs) <laughs> yes, well, I can tell you that's a, a, a great reason, uh, probably one of the best reasons of all to to not be on the podcast, and, and definitely uh, Game Source best wishes out to both of them, and especially their little one that's on the way. But like I said, I've been called in emergency duty away from the kids to take care of the E3 2013 preview for Sony. Take it away, Nick. Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. I, I can't wait. Actually, I think it's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be a great show this year. Matter of fact, um, not only not only Sony, but just I think the show 
overall is just going to have such a uh, um, I think it's going to have a really strong impact this year. Um, different from what we've seen the last couple of years, of course, because uh, you know, ever since the release of the, uh, the Xbox 360. So, uh, Well, I actually tell you, the buzz right now is just unbelievable, not only for, for Sony, but for all three companies right now. E3 is at a fever pitch. And in fact, dusting off the cobwebs, CNC has come back to life. The CNC podcast, if you haven't seen it posted already, it's on our podcast page at www.yourgamesource.com slash podcast. It's the CNC mother, you can fill in the rest of the blank there, <laughs> podcast. It's number four. It, they did an entire E3 podcast preview as only they can do. Uh, I will tell you, though, it is for mature audiences because it does have a little bit of content that's kind of risque and some may find offensive. Uh, they also had a special guest of their own. Uh, Spencer, um, who I do want to personally thank on uh, both our, this podcast, but also for participating uh, on their podcast as well. And hopefully uh, he'll be a part of uh, not only their podcast and hopefully some of our podcasts in the future going forward. If if you're interested out there in being a part of our podcast or writing for us, just give us all or your game source at yahoo.com or send us a message right on game, game source at Facebook. So just wanted to get that out of the way. All right, man. Back to Sony. Yeah, um, so pretty excited. A lot of hype going on right now. And, uh, you know, the one of the greatest parts about it is is we get to be right in the center of it and uh, we get to be a part of it. So I think that's uh, that's really, really exciting. So um, we got some good content for you tonight. And uh, if you haven't got an opportunity to listen to our last podcast, Podcast 72, that is already up on iTunes uh, and also available at www.yourgamesource.com on our podcast page. So let's get right into it. The new, the new, the new, the And this is number 73. My goodness, the time flies. Uh, we'll be at 100 before you know it. Yep, and we're doing it old school, just like number one. It was just you and I. Yep. Isn't that funny how it gets down to the nitty gritty? And I still remember the uh, the drive, the podcast and the, on the drive to E3. On the road again. On the road. Hopefully you guys will get a chance to do that. But uh, <laughs> it, today it's old school. Old school, just uh, you and I. Yep. And where it all started. Uh, we should have some good reminiscing music right about now. You should throw that in there. <laughs> uh, anyways. Not, not yet. I'll just uh, I'll save the music for the honor of the podcast, uh, hopefully <laughs> in, uh, in about a week's time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And uh, also, quickly before we start, our uh, our goal, too, is, is uh, actually as we are going out and about, um, our our goal is, of course, uh, after we conspire with Jamie um, and the others, we, we want to try to do a, a pre-pre-show, um, actually prior to our departure of uh, Viva Las Vegas. And Well, uh, even if you don't, I just want to say all week long we're going to have preview podcasts of E3. We're also going to have a preview podcasts of Microsoft and what their outlook is, mm-hmm. also as well the third parties and what there are uh, as far as their software outlook is. And, of course, you cannot forget Nintendo. I know Jeremiah out there might be saying, hey, what about Nintendo? Cannot forget Nintendo and what they're going to bring because they land a lot of intrigue. They could really come away, uh, just talking to them real quick, 
as someone who could steal the show or, you know, it can go really adversely the other way as well because of uh, the Wii U and whatnot. So oh, a lot is riding with them as well and E3. So we'll talk about that later in the week and you'll hear it on separate podcasts for that. And also, however, just add a side note on that before we, we get into the meat and the potatoes things. Uh, we will be at the center of the action because we actually did, um, and we, we thank Nintendo. Thank you for letting us be a part of that conference and letting us be a part of the action right there and up front prior to the conference, uh, prior to the Entertainment Expo actually opening. So, And also to- Microsoft as well and Electronic Arts as well. Absolutely. Uh, so we just got to give shout out and give credit where it's due because uh, – uh, we thank you. Uh, we, we certainly want to thank you uh, on behalf of Game Source, and I think Gerald shares the same interest and the uh, um, the same gratitude as I do for uh, letting us uh, be uh, such a be such a vital part of the presence of the crew there. So, uh, and also I do want to say that since we are the number one aggregate site for news and information for the video game world anywhere on the internet, we will bring you the latest news stories. Just follow us on Game Source. Or like us on GameSource, and you can go right to a yourgamesource.com front page. Our news feed from from Facebook will pop right up there. You'll be able to navigate through all the great stories there. Plus, you can read our our latest columns, our latest reviews. We just popped up some new reviews right there. Uh, also, a great column that was posted for a charitable event that is in accordance with Child's Play. That was also put on Joel's page as well, so I want to give a shout-out for that. That's coming up later this June. If you check out his page at the Nesta, N-E-S-T-A, the Nesta, I think it's it's a great cause, and I just wanted to give a shout-out for that as well. But back to Sony, I just need to stop diverting from the path there with all the cheap plugs. I know, but, you know, we, we got so much exciting content that, uh, you know, we, we can't wait to get out there. And just uh, as a last note, uh, as I already discussed, Gerald, uh, time and time and time and time again today, as I've you know repeatedly contacted him, and probably by his tone of voice was probably getting to a point where, um, geez, you're calling again. <laughs> but uh, I will be uh, doing a two-part. Um, actually, uh, my goal is to have that to Gerald. Uh, actually, have that over at editorial. Um, although Gerald's probably taking uh, taking up that in their uh, in their steed since they will likely be unavailable. Um, and I will be uh, introducing a, a two-part a, a pre-E3 um, kind of what my future impressions are going to be of the show. So anyway, just want to throw that out there. Check out – make sure you check out SOS Rage, um, the Rage page. And uh, yeah, so anyway. So Sony uh, – and I know I'll kind of interject this as we get a little bit more further into to the content today uh, tonight. But uh, Sony stated that upcoming E3 press conferences uh, – their primary one, obviously, more than likely, Gerald, correct me if I'm wrong, they will probably, um, outside of their normal functioning, uh, the main press conference, they'll likely also have uh, a large component actually within the convention center. Well, yeah, they always have the one of the largest booths there. They're, they're yeah. Sony, man. Get with it. Get with it. <laughs> Weren't you – I mean, you were right there in the middle of uh, you know past previous demonstrations for, for MAG and – and for Dust 514 and obviously the Uncharted series as well. Don't you remember me even getting, you know, pummeled by Nathan Drake? Ah, uh, yes. Good times, good times. I could tell yeah. you're yawning. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Sony did announce for the PlayStation 4 uh, some more features. What What's your impression of the PlayStation 4 and um, I guess – 
Is it on the same level of the Xbox One or just by the, the, the limited features and capabilities that they've – and when I say limited, I mean don't, – I don't mean limited in capacity, just limited as far as what we have been allowed to see already. Would you say they are on par with capability-wise or exceed capability-wise what the Xbox One and what Microsoft has presented in their conference thus far? Well, I can tell you, they did something I thought was very smart uh, on their end because they got such a bad rap with gamers this past generation. And I think undeservedly so, because I think the PlayStation 3, as much as the CNC crew likes to mock it, the PlayStation 3, I think, of the three systems this generation was the best as far as from a performance standpoint, as as far as what games you could put actually on the unit and how it could run. Unfortunately, it was too late in the system for people to recognize that. Plus, also, as well, the great deal with PlayStation Plus, unfortunately, the word didn't get out in time as, you know, for things to change. Now, mind you, worldwide sales, they are on a par with Xbox 360. But, unfortunately, that's, that's just not going to do any good here domestically because Microsoft you know, owns the roost here right now in the U.S., but let's get back to the PlayStation 4. I think they needed to, to cater to the gamer, and I think that's exactly what they did when their announcement came in February. They catered to the actual gamer as far as providing a lot of games to look forward to, plus announcements coming with the, at E3 of even more titles, which is what they needed to focus on to try and get back into the good spirits with gamers, plus making a system that's going to be conducive to good development as opposed to the issues and the proprietary nature of the PlayStation 3. The AMD chipset and the and the motherboard will be conducive for, for quality, fast development. I'm sure Bethesda was doing backflips after all the issues they had with the PlayStation 3 this past generation. I just think it's going to be that, that a very, very good win for gamers. Do I think they're just making a niche for themselves? And just digging that hole and, and not going them, getting themselves out of it anywhere else, that might be the 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 problem with what they're doing is is that they're not making themselves available to a broader audience as of yet. They may introduce some features which might lend itself to a larger audience, but then again, the audience that's going to be specifically viewing this conference will most likely be the majority will be the gamers of the world. Gamers were were flocking in mass to the to the Xbox One conference but there was also a lot of eyes from the from the world press from the regular press out there from shareholders stockholders people that were not normally or necessarily gamers on an everyday basis that had a vested interest in the Xbox One what PlayStation needs to do is not only keep encouraging the gamer that they're going to be providing a lot of great games and a lot of features which is going to you know cater to to their gaming needs but also as well try to provide some type of features that will also lend itself to a larger audience and a broader audience because that's the only way as you saw from the last generation that you know sales were going to be able to to satisfy you know the company's needs for instance Nintendo it didn't satisfy their needs until they were able to mass market it to a broader audience Sony and or Microsoft, and you're going to hear this probably on, on the Microsoft preview, the same thing. They need to make sure they just don't cater themselves to just one market 
and make sure they expand themselves to a broader base. And I'm sure probably E3 will, for Sony especially, will touch on that. And they might steer a little bit away from games, but I think they will not just devote 15 minutes to it like like Microsoft did. I think they will give a substantial portion to the gamers even still. And I think uh, they're they're reaching out to developers, they're reaching out to the ind- independent developers as well over the past few months and, and showing them that the PlayStation 4 is for real, uh, is a great sign for gamers and for players everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, from what they've presented already at the conference, I mean, it already looks like it's shaping up to be a very impressive system. And although from uh, not... I guess from a consumer standpoint, as a gamer myself, uh, looking at the just uh, capabilities and features that uh, Sony had presented uh, again in their conference, uh, graphically, I, I mean, uh, you know, what what more can you ask for? What more can you expect really from from Sony? And uh, you know, they certainly didn't let me down in that area. And and the fact that they showed um, they showed more. Uh, I guess, I guess they had a better visual representation of the gaming lineup as far as what would be on the system than, than Xbox did, and and I think that you know I, we've driven that point home on on other podcasts as well. But I think that's a really important thing to consider here because when you know, and and not to discredit Microsoft and and their presentation in any manner, but you know from from a gamer point, you know we're selling. I would imagine from a company perspective, your primary sales, and of course developers and publishers are are the fundamental, are the core foundation of, of I think there would be no games if there were, you know, if these systems weren't presented in a way that, that made it appealing for uh, develop, developers to, to take an active part in creating games. We wouldn't have video games, of course. However, I think that Sony took a more effective approach in presenting a, uh, presenting a conference that was likely more appealing to gamers and the, the consumers who will be purchasing that system, who will be purchasing those video games, and having driven such a um, such a visually and a graphically appealing um, presentation that I, I think it really um, it was probably more captivating for uh, the the consumer than it was so much for the developer. And not to say that they they didn't present. The finer points as far as um, the system in itself and, and hardware capabilities that were catered to uh, developers to be able to produce better games. However, um, I think the presentation overall, um, even though I, I guess what I'm saying is, even though at the end of the presentation it was it was dissatisfying to go, so you let us see all that and we don't get to see the system. Are you guys on the pipe? But. You know, I, I think they had a strong enough conference and a strong enough presentation throughout the entire pro, uh, throughout their entire press conference prior to E3, and then being able to savor the the excitement and 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 being able to generate the hype that I think is really probably going to behoove them in the long term. Because although not to say that what Microsoft did was necessarily wrong, uh, you know, displaying their system, but I think it's now maybe less of a hype and it's more of a, well, I can't wait to go to the Xbox conference to see what else that they have for the Xbox One now. As with Sony, I think they took a more, um, they stepped back and maybe had a little more confidence in their system by going, well, we'll show you what it's capable of doing and then save the big bang for when we go to E3. 
So I, I think both Microsoft and Sony had taken favorable approaches to way, to the to the manner in which they presented their systems. So um, I'm pretty excited to see both the presentation for Sony and Microsoft. I I, I know the big tee off is is uh, you know they're obviously very competitive companies, and now with the Blu-ray component being a part of the Xbox uh, system, I really think it's going to really amp up the competitive edge. I think Sony's really going to have to step up their game and. And really, 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 really blow people out of the water with their system this time. So I kind of anticipate uh, something that a real, real big wow factor. Um, however, kind of going to the next, the next part of that is that um, Sony did announce that virtually every PS4 game is going to be able to have uh, full integration with the PlayStation Vita uh, via its remote play. Um, if for those of you who already own PlayStation Vita, you're obviously already aware of what the capabilities are, um, although somewhat limited with the PlayStation 3 now with remote play. Uh, do you, Gerald, do you think that overall it's going to help out the level of the Vita uh, with, with sales anywhere near where the 3DS kind of stands with the Nintendo, you know, with Nintendo? And uh, does the, does that particular announcement necessarily amp up the excitement for the PS4 and the way that it will seamlessly integrate with the PS4? Or does that sound more like, Oh, so that's just one more thing I got to buy. <laughs> well, I don't think it's one more thing you got to buy. Uh, I appreciate the fact that they're trying to salvage the Vita by adding this feature and having virtually every game being able to to take care of, you know, via remote play. Um, I do do appreciate the fact that 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 they're going to make every effort to try and make it viable, and that's what they had to do. I mean, you know, otherwise the Vita is going to die a very painful, quick death. So I really think it's it's something that needed to be done. I'm glad to see it done. It might spike some interest in the Vita, but again, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to, you know, have it compete on a same or equal level sales-wise with the 3DS. And I also don't think it'll spike very much at all interest in more people buying a PlayStation 4. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I don't I don't think, uh, you know. That announcement is going to make consumers go, oh, my goodness, it's going to have full integration with the PS4. Oh, I got to go out and get a Vita now. I, I mean, I don't think it's going to – I think the um, – I, I don't think the hype on it is is quite – not to say, you know, when we were demoing, you know, when we were demoing the PlayStation Vita for uh, for Sony in our earlier earlier days when we used to do that. And uh, it wasn't really uh, – I, I mean, the, the system was, it was, it was incredible. Capability-wise, it was uh, – it, it was it's a, it's an incredible system. Um, it's it's a beautifully, very graphically amazing uh, handheld unit. Probably one of the best I've seen. However, uh, not only one of course myself, but um, actually Jamie would probably inter- be able to interject and and kind of add a little bit more on that. So I won't go off on a Vita tangent. But uh, bottom line is that I don't I don't think it's it's going to be an appealing enough factor to. Um, increase the kind of, or not so much increase, but generate the kind of um, appeal and hype that they that they may have anticipated going forward with that. So, um, you know, now Gerald, I know that during the Xbox conference, um, my, Microsoft conference, however you want to refer to it, uh, they had announced quote unquote exclusive Xbox titles that would be announced. Now, what in your opinion? Um, do you think will be some Sony exclusives that might be announced? Okay. As far as the titles are concerned, they have to pull out some heavy hitters. They have to do a God of War 4 
I think that has to be something that they're that they're pulling because God of War Ascension really stunk up the joint sales wise. I should say it's actually a decent game, but unfortunately, it didn't prove that way sales wise to people because they didn't see it as a true successor in the series. And of course, your and our favorite. Yes, that has to be something that that comes on early in the system, if not a launch title. Should that should be a launch title? Well, yes, absolutely. Although you know, it doesn't have the greatest history of of moving systems. It did. It Uncharted Three did uh, moved a lot of systems and pushed a lot of systems out there. But also, when Uncharted Golden Abyss came out, it unfortunately, even though it was a beautiful game, in other words. It's just there's no game that looks better on a handheld than Uncharted Golden Abyss. Even to this day, still, uh, it did not move a whole lot of systems because of its high price. So I'm hoping Uncharted 4, as a personal favorite, comes out as far as maybe, keep my fingers crossed, a launch title. If that's the case, I'm buying a PlayStation 4 first day. But I'm just going to tell you right now, they need to do more than that as far as titles are concerned, especially when they've got so many different titles. Hey, even bring back Parappa the Rappa. If they did that, that would be even more <laughs> awesome as far as it's concerned. Yeah, let um, me ask you this, though. Now, do you think that they will make an adaptation to The Last of Us? That's a good question. Um, as far as they might do a, a PlayStation 4 version of it with added content. I could see that happening, especially for the holiday season. If The Last of Us is received well over the summer, I definitely see them doing that, along with providing exclusive DLC for the PlayStation 3 owners out there. I definitely see that. Now, Gran, what do you Tur- think that- now, Gran Turismo now- 6 is going to be a PlayStation 3 exclusive. So let's let's get that out of the way because Drive Club is already on as far as a drive a driving game for the PlayStation 4. Gran Turismo 6 is going to be something that's available exclusively on PlayStation 3, which I think is actually a good move considering the fact it still keeps the PlayStation 3 relevant and consider, most likely considering that there's going to be a price drop of some kind on the PlayStation 3 once the PlayStation 4 comes out. I can see the PlayStation 3 getting some really viable sales this holiday season as well. Well, now, Gerald, let me ask you this real quick. In regards to The Last of Us, now, for those of us who, because I know I'm I'm really excited for it to come out because, I mean, it looks like like an incredible game. What do you think? Do you think that will anger the general consumer? Because let's say that, you know, oh, hey, I just went out, bought this, paid over 60 bucks for this game and got it. Then they re-release an adaptation of it, like you said, with additional content on it for the PlayStation 4. So now well, you they have- would, But they wouldn't burn their PlayStation 3 owners. They would provide them with some additional content as well. Okay. Okay, just go ahead. I, I don't think they would burn – I don't think they would single out PlayStation 4 owners. They're, they're going to provide – I think if they do that, they're going to provide some sort of exclusive content to PS4 that, that people might want. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're they're on the fence on a PlayStation Four, but I don't think they're going to do that at the cost of the, let's just say two to four million people that have already purchased The Last of Us by the time the PS Four comes out. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not, yeah, they're not going to scorch them. They're they're going to want to make make sure they maintain their, and they're going to try to burn the candle at both ends. And you're going to see, Nick. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to see a lot of publishers, whether it's Sony, Microsoft, or a third party, do this for the, at least the next two or three years regarding current gen and next gen, trying to make one viable 
while trying to make the other one viable as far as a version is concerned. And so you're going to see exclusive DLC across the board, maybe for, for next gen, and maybe it's going to be for current gen, or maybe it's for both, because you're going to see at least a while, two, three, next two, three years, you're going to see a lot of major AAA games coming out that are going to be on both these systems. It's just an economic necessity that something that that really didn't have in the last generation because the the Xbox and the PS2 really were so far behind what the 360 and the uh, and and also the PS3 could do that they really couldn't couldn't really do that. Although you know you still had Madden and of course some others that were on every system. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you right now that. It, it is, you're going to see this for the next two or three years because you know you could produce a game that looks great on the PS3 and the 360, but looks even better on the PS4 and and also the Xbox One, and you can market it that way. So if somebody doesn't have the money to buy a next gen system, they'll at least be able to chance to play the game. I mean, Destiny. That's that's the one I could think of right off the bat. You know that that's going to be on all the systems, ten year life cycle whole nine yards that they're talking about as far as the game is concerned and that they're not they're not leaving anything to chance they're going to be all over the place as far as their availability is concerned all right sounds good sounds good we're gonna um we're gonna take a brief uh a brief break here when we come back we hold will just discuss some final hold points on. uncharted baby <laughs> yes and our hope and anticipation for uncharted to be released on uh, upon launch so, we'll be back with you in just a minute. The Round Table of Doom. All right. So, All right. back this segment. As you very well know, at the end of, well, near the end, it is the Round Table of Doom. Yes. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to all the people who have now joined us and followed us on Twitter. We're well over 200 strong now, and we're over 100 on our Facebook as far as it's concerned. So Justin and also as well, everybody else that has recently liked us, we want to say thank you. And for everybody that has uh, recently picked us up as followers on Twitter, we just want to say thank you as well. I mean, we have actually a a lot of uh, interesting people that are now following and entities that are following us as well on Twitter. So it makes for an interesting mix for as far as the news that we provide for all these individuals. It does. And, you know, as we, I know we, we really drive this point home um, a lot, but uh, really, you know, we're, we're always looking for um, individuals who'd be interested in contributing articles and reviews. Um, and, and even not even so much that if you want to contribute your, you know, your own personal blogs, your opinion on gaming, uh, what your insight, what your feelings, what your positions are or dispositions are on, uh, industry and media-related news uh, regarding video games and things like that. We're always welcome to new members, and we'd love to have you as part of the crew. So just make sure that you send us over an email at uh, yourgamesource at yahoo.com or info Yahoo. at <laughs> So, uh, and, yeah. So we just wanted to kind of add that in there so you guys know that, uh, you know, you're, we're always welcome to have people uh, help contribute to the site. But... Come on uh, board. Kind of a uh, kind of a lasting thought for the evening uh, to think about. What do you think that Sony will need to do to come out on top this E3? 
Oh, you're talking to me? Yeah. I thought the I thought the dead silence was a bad <laughs> was an omen. <laughs> was a giveaway. <laughs> Does that are are you indicating by your silence that there is no way for them to come out on top? <laughs> no, actually uh there is. Obviously they first they have to do something to make the PS Vita even more relevant than what we talked about earlier. It's great, like I said, to to make it available free of remote play for almost every PS4 game imaginable that's coming out. But you also have to make sure that it has its own stable of great games coming out for it as well. I understand you have a new Kill Zone, possibly a new Patapon, Rumorville on that one. Kill Zone um, good. Kill yeah, Zone does look good. It just has to be more specific games coming out for the Vita to make it a viable contender to the 3DS uh, so that, you know. With good reason, Jeremiah has has nothing said nothing but superlatives when it comes to the 3DS and and how well it's doing and how much uh, in the marketplace that that he thinks it is. And I can't disagree with him, especially when the Vita has has failed so miserably up until this point. So maybe the PS4 tie-in will do something towards that. But you also have to make sure that you provide interesting games that will come out that will get people excited for it. I know we say that now two years running, but hey, you got to say it again. Let's get to the PS3. The PS3, yeah, still have to do what you can to make it relevant, and I still think they're trying to do that with GTA coming out, obviously being a major hitter for them. Uh, also as well, Destiny coming out, making, uh, like I talked about, Gran Turismo 6. They have to provide even more games specifically for the PlayStation 3 in order to keep that viable, because I think there's still, like I said before, there's still two or three good years of selling. I mean, it's a great Blu-ray player, if nothing else. It leads the world in playing Netflix, as far as it's concerned. So it still is a very viable unit for at least the short term to come. While at the same time, simultaneously making the PlayStation 4 the console to get this holiday season by making it a not only just a gamer's paradise by providing a whole bunch of games and not a, just a launch window that that you know take it from nintendo their launch window man that's like window wind going out the the that window is so wide right now i'm just telling you right now that that they need to make the playstation 4 extremely viable as the must piece by offering a ton of games which are going to come in a relatively short amount of time, if not at launch, and promise that they're going to do it. A PlayStation 3 price cut won't hurt either. A FIDA price cut won't hurt either. And obviously you have to reveal what the unit looks like and give it a price. I'm, I know I talked with you back last week in our, our episode 72 about, about 499 I looked up more extensively as far as the pricing of the actual components are concerned. Uh, I'm I'm saying that 499 may be a little bit of a stretch. I, I think I'm going to probably go for a. I can't believe I want to say this, but a 350, 400. I think Michael Pactor, who recently announced that that he's for sure thinking that that's going to be the prize. I, I can't say I disagree with him. He's wrong on some things sometimes, but he's, he's very smart. It's about, it. he goes about it. And, and I did price out separately those two components and they, at a three fifty price point range, it does equate to still even a profit for Sony on each unit sold. And I know that's what they're looking for this time around. So yeah, I, I really, 
didn't didn't it, when the original originally when the PS3 came out I thought wasn't it four ninety nine? No. PlayStation Three? Three came out. It came out at seven hundred. Oh wow! I must have been. I paid for it. Remember, I bought one first day. Yeah. So I mean, I. Uh, wow, man! That when you I guess when you look back on it, seven hundred bucks. But you want to know what it, what Sony will do to can do to Win E Three? That's what they need to do. Price cuts, software that that's going to get people excited, software that's going to come out on time or with a guarantee, and a very very intriguing price and some type of features that's going to make the PlayStation Four the unit to buy this holiday season. I, I have to agree. I, I really believe that if they come out with a very, very attractive price point, that is that is going to give them a substantial standing, I, I think, in the running. And and also, although it's actually... Very- well, even on the Xbox One, you got to remember, even on the Xbox One, it's actually a little bit less expensive to make because of the the RAM that we talked about and the chipset and the board maybe being a little bit less powerful than the PlayStation 4, you have to throw in the Kinect that's going to be put, put into every single unit. So I think that's something that uh, will make it even more expensive than the PS4. Yeah, and I, I also, uh, even though it's really unrealistic and, and the likelihood of it actually happening is probably uh, 1%, but if they were to include a Vita... That would be uh, that would be pretty awesome. Not thinking outside the box here, but if they were to include you know just one Vita, maybe in even if they made it as an alternative package in, in, in alternative to a remote. Yeah, I could see I could see that. Let's say it is three fifty. If they would do a a unit at four fifty uh, bundle or five hundred with uh, a game from the PS4 and Vita and or Vita and or Vita and or and or, and or Vita. Um, a 500 bundle, I could see them getting away with some more Vita sales. Yeah, I, I think they I definitely, if they, I, I think they would, uh, I, I think that would be a little, and that would substantiate them, um, you know, putting a bigger price tag on it, but you'd also be getting a lot. I, I think historically, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think historically Sony has always come, came You're out. You're wrong. No, I'm not wrong. <laughs> I, and, and again, coming from our, Coming from our retail background, I at least it seemed like during the holiday seasons that that like typically Microsoft included in their holiday bundles some really crappy third party games, whereas Sony Sony seemed to always when they bundled up they always I don't want to say always but they typically have bundled like good games I mean solid titles that ones that you like 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 the ones for instance that uh, you could buy with the remote it was. It, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I thought there was a. Uh, I thought there was a bundle one time. Talking about the PlayStation Move. Uh, no, I thought it came with the Uncharted game. It was a controller in the Uncharted game. Yes, there was the Uncharted Three bundle. There's also Infamous Two bundles. There's the bundles for the Move. Just yeah. yeah, pretty pretty solid. I mean, they've never come with a bundle, in my opinion, for the systems as far as is concerned. At least in this generation, that was a substandard bundle. Even the God of War bundle that's currently out, that's a solid bundle as well. So yeah. that comes with all the God of War games to date. So I think that that's even a great bundle as well. So yeah. you know they've always just if people take notice of what Sony has to offer, I think really uh, they'll understand what a what a great value that they're getting in the PlayStation system. You know if they're buying either current gen or next gen systems yeah absolutely and, and i think i think historically you know sony's already always been pretty good 
Well, and I do want to actually completely compliment to you because, you know, year after year after year, you've been bagging on Sony, even when you work for Sony, and you've been bagging on them about as far as how they promote it. Mm-hmm. And the problem has never been the products. You know, they, they did have the best system physically of this generation. They did have the best handheld of this generation. But the problem is them getting that word across to the individuals at large, at least in this country – uh, has been a problem at best, so that's 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 to their detriment, and that's something that they have to pay more attention to in this next generation of systems. Absolutely, I think they need to pay very careful attention, and, and really, that's the other thing that's really going to drive it. I, I think they need to uh, they need to amp up the. I mean, look how much they spent in advertising for uh, the, uh, advertising the Connect. I mean. I have to. I have to give credit where credit. And, and rumor is. has it that that uh, Microsoft is going to be spending twice this holiday season that if Sony want, is going again. If you want to sell, you have to pay for the advertisement. That is how you're going to get it out there. But that's either here or there. I mean, that is of course a factor amongst many other. But I think if I think even though the even though that Sony's primary, um, I, I think one of their big big pushes are is that even though. Even though Microsoft doesn't say in so many words that the Xbox Live membership is a, quote, requirement, in essence, it, it really is if you want to have any kind of online involvement or play. I think Sony's big, uh, big, big win factor is, and, and it has been since the PlayStation 3, was that their online network is free. So I think if they were to uh, – Well, but their online is free, but also as well they offer a great pay service which gets people free games. Yeah. Free games with their pay service, which Microsoft hasn't matched. But yet Microsoft Xbox Live, because of its longstanding nature, has been the leader as far as online this generation. And, and I really think with what I've seen presented, I think Microsoft has some competition. I, I think I think uh, Sony's stepped up their game and has uh, looked like they've renovated the PlayStation the PlayStation Store. So it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I think if they were to bundle up a service like the PlayStation Plus service, uh, you know, if they included that as a as as part of a I don't know maybe of a, a three month a six month a, a year I don't know whatever they want to maybe throw in there. I think that may also incentivize people to to want to purchase a system since they, uh, in essence, they can kind of throw out there. Well, hey, if you spend three forty nine or three ninety nine in the system, you get a year's worth of free games. I mean, you know, maybe they can approach it in a way like that, regardless whether or not they may be PS one digital downloads or maybe maybe not. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're not, you know, the the first party first party titles or whatnot. But I think you know. At least if I heard that, you know, hey, you spend three forty nine on on the PlayStation Four, and you get a year, you get a year of PlayStation Plus, and you get a year of free games. I mean, I, I guess that that would kind of be like, oh wow, man, I'm really getting a really good deal. So maybe if they kind of did that, I, I think those types of things. Just be reminded that even though they've specifically stated it's not backwards compatible, I would imagine that they'll be able to somehow with their Gaikai cloud service, which we haven't even discussed tonight, which we I think will be an extremely pivotal piece of the puzzle for the PlayStation 4 for the next generation, how much they're going to be able to produce or recreate those PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 2 games and, and make them available 
you know, most likely PlayStation 3 games as part of the PlayStation Plus service. If they do that and make that a welcome part of it, obviously the PlayStation 4 becomes even that much more attractive. No, Gerald, and on that topic, I know we, we didn't have that on the agenda tonight. Did you just want to give like a real brief synopsis on what exactly that service provides? Which service? The, their, um, their cloud service. Well, the cloud, the cloud service is you know, they bought Gaikai, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, and they actually are incorporating their cloud service into the unit so much so that not only will be able uh, for storage for game storage, not only be able to you know talking about purchasing it off and use for the the PlayStation Store and the purchases you make there, you must remember that the Gaikai will be able to interlink and will allow people to interlink with each other and be able to connect so that in case you have trouble with a video game, which according and to what I know and ex- have experienced with you is quite often, I will be able to go in from a remote location and not only be able to give you assistance, but be able to take over your player, which I imagine doing quite frequently and being able to to take care of which would you know what needs to be taken care of and be able to finish the game for you that you normally would not have been able to do so, sir. Now, what I personally or think- and also as well uh, the share the share feature that's actually the buttons actually on the new PlayStation Four controller. There's also a touchpad that's actually in the middle of it. It's really sensitive and really, uh, from what I've seen, it's going to be working pretty good. But there's a share button feature that allows you to. You know, comment and you know, be able to on your own game progress, and you be able to show people your own gaming videos. So you know, all those gaming videos you see on YouTube, and in ones like you see here at yourgamesource.com on our YouTube channel, yourgamesource.com, the entire world. You can also be able to do that on your own and be able to upload and show it off to your friends or the actual PlayStation Network. I I think that one big thing that is going to be the buzz, has been the buzz, is still the buzz, is the digital rights management. And I think that is, and correct me if I'm wrong, again, I think that is one of the hottest topics right now, is that how intentionally, uh, how intentionally, uh, what am I trying to say? Well, they, they see the, all the heat that Microsoft is getting with the Xbox One and the fact that they've been pretty out front as far as used games, how they're going to treat used games, borrowed games, rented games, and the digital rights management issue is concerned. Also, the online activity, always online features that they're they're strongly hinting at. Um, that's actually going to be something that, that Sony has to address, probably at E3 as well. And how they handle it could go a long ways to be making it successful or not so successful in the short term. Yeah, and that was just something that I wanted to kind of bring up at the end because it, just to give, just to give those who listen to the, those who listen to the podcast, give you some food for thought that uh, you should also factor that in, um, and that's regardless uh, whether that applies to this podcast to the Microsoft One, third party one, and Nintendo One because it is something it is a very important factor that will uh, make a break. So, um, in any case, we just wanted to say we're going to wrap. Well, I got to get back to the kids, man. I told you, you put me on emergency duty, and I've got the kids right here. Say hi, girls. Hi. Okay. So, and I've also got a you know a date with Lori Berkner here. So, you know, uh, we well, got to head out pretty soon. Thank. You. <laughs> on that note, thank you for joining us tonight, and Gerald, thank you for. Uh, 
coming on and serving in your emergency here. <laughs> what'd, you say, what'd you say? I can't hear you over Lori. <laughs> Thank you for everybody for joining us tonight uh, on the uh, Game Source podcast. And uh, number 74 will be coming right up the rally soon. And uh, remember, Check out the latest and greatest in gaming video, news, and multimedia at www.yourgamesource.com. And stay tuned for a tremendous amount of E3 content we got coming up. We're very excited. And you know where to come for the latest and greatest. Thanks, Gerald. Hey, no problem, man. And again, check us out at www.yourgamesource.com. I got to take off for the kids, but it's been a pleasure. And check us out all this week for all of our E3 podcasts that are previewing E3. And don't forget our major coverage for E3 2013. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night until Podcast 74. And remember, this Game Source podcast was brought to you in part by the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild. Find them and like them on Facebook at Gamer Protection Guild, fighting for your rights as gamers.